You can find more information, photos and advice sheets on all the plants and recipes that we talk about in this podcast by heading to the links in the show notes or on our website at sarahraven.com. Welcome to Grow, Cook, Eat, Arrange with me, Arthur Parkinson and my good friend Sarah Raven. This week we're both feeling quite festive and what better place to look for inspiration for our homes and our gardens than our Christmas range and some of you may know but some of you might not know but the way me and Sarah work together on a professional basis is by doing photo shoots with Jonathan Buckley where we arrange flowers but we're also finding and then photographing things for Christmas and the home and so our Christmas range celebrates not just plants in fact there's not that many plants it's more about making your home feel gorgeous festive and sparkly and I am quite guilty sometimes of being a bit of a Grinch sometimes I decide that I want to go away for Christmas on a little island on my own but actually just looking at all these gorgeous sparkly lights I'm actually quite excited about Christmas so even if I put my Christmas decorations up on Christmas Eve I know I'm going to have a wonderful couple of days of just being in a Christmas wonderland. Let's kick off I think with lighting and I am really loving the fact that we've used alliums as actually our main inspiration for both indoor and outdoor lights. So Sarah I'm really quite tempted to get these solar powered allium lights and it's quite funny whenever it's dark at Perch Hill and sometimes I'm down my own I'll see in the greenhouse this like ghost of an allium lit up <laughs> so um, from from the from the Dutch yard, and I know to just get towards it if I need to get to the school kitchen. So I know these solar alliums are quite quite good, aren't they? Yeah, I mean honestly, that I forget it's there, and I I go to bed yeah. early, so I often miss it. But I think it's been there a couple of years. I mean, it's just because so. it, it's in the greenhouse, so I suppose it's protected from the elements, but. It's just, it comes alive every single night and has done, it has done yeah, for many, many, many months. You know, and I, I, I love the alliums. I do. I think they, I love their sort of, because of course they're not just alliums, they're sparklers, aren't they? And they just, mm. they're so sort of joyful and free and kind of like the, the best of a firework display. And yeah, they're, they're just such a great open, airy shape. And like a sort of starburst, I, I, I completely agree. I love them. And I always was a bit dubious about the solar ones. I thought, well, in the winter, do we really have enough light for solar to mm. work? But they've developed them now so that solar really does work. Even when, when the daylight hours are so short, they get enough to recharge their battery. And then it's amazing. As soon as it gets dark, they have this sort of sensor that then allows them to shine, I think, for five or six hours, something like that. And then and then they'll go out again until the following evening. They're quite amazing. Yeah, I like them. And I like very much for their complete simplicity and versatility year round is just the wire lights. And I remember first coming across them at a Christmas fair in, in Holland about five years ago and getting terribly excited because whereas you used to fairy lights always had that sort of rather chunky green flex and in a way it was all sort of quite heavy even the bulbs were quite heavy these are just so light and delicate and they are like just on a hair and they've they've just got these tiny leds within them 
And they seem to be almost indestructible. And I'm quite good at destroying things. So they seem to be really <laughs> robust. And I love them. As soon as the clocks change, I get them out of the drawer and I have them like now I've got them over a bracken sort of swag down the middle of our eating table. And then I've actually made a sort of autumnal wreath, which I've got on the door and I've got them twisted all the way through that. And they've got a battery pack. And so I just try and remember to turn it off when I go to bed and then turn it on in the evening again when it gets dark. But that, I, I just love them. You can just put them anywhere and they immediately add a little bit of twinkle and sparkle and sort of warmth. And they've got to be, in my view, warm white. I really don't Absolutely. like blue. I don't like the colors. And I don't like this sharp, bright white. I, I like the warm white. And they're always the color that I would go for. But for me, they are my sort of year round or almost year round, certainly between the end of October and, and March when the clocks change again, I use them hugely. And so what about wreaths, Arthur? What wreaths are you going to do or wreath? Well, you know, you know, I love a, a copper ring and doing all the moss off the lawn action and all that. But to be honest, that will take up, even if you're quite fast, if you're going to do it properly, about half an hour. And I, I discovered last week, something in the shop that we'd got which is a roven willow wreath and it's a massive great beast of a, a frame and um i've seen them sell before in the garden center and thought oh they're a bit they must be a bit of a pig to get things into mm. but actually if you've got dried hydrangea stems or anything woody so crab apples or even bracken actually or hornbeam or if you're wanting to do an evergreen wreath you can mm. really shove the stems into this willow bracken wreath and it will completely swallow them up. And you can do a wreath within 40 minutes, to be honest, using yeah. one of these big guys. And they're lovely and big, so they're perfect for a big door. Or you could even have them inside if you wanted to do something delicate with, with panicum and hydrangeas to keep their colour. So as a space saver and something that you could dress up and dress down and bring out every Christmas, I think these are are really going to start to become in vogue because they just they just save so much time. Yeah, and they're quite sustainable, aren't they? Because yes, woven willow, so it's not really yeah, bad. It's pretty good, and I think I mean I know people like Shane Connolly, who's a wonderful florist that we work with. Sometimes he um, is passionate about sustainable floristry, and he's trying to get all of us to move away from using florist wire and wire bases and make our own from willow or or stuff from the garden for the base and then use string which of course is biodegradable rather than wire so unfortunately you do need to use the wire if you're going to wire things like limes and cranberries and things into mm. your wreath because you you need that the spike you can't get that same effect with twine or string but i do think that the, the woven willow wreath looks great. And it was funny, Arthur and I have just been on the road in Worcestershire teaching and um, Arthur and Jemima, who's just started working with us, had a competition with this woven willow wreath. And um, <laughs> I mean, it wasn't an official competition, but they became quite competitive, I can tell you. And <laughs> we didn't, we, I had a strop because she had longer than me. <laughs> she had a strop because you'd stolen all the hydrangeas <laughs> she wasn't quick enough <laughs> but anyway they both i mean they're both very good florists actually but they both made the most beautiful wreaths and it took 
less than half an hour and I just couldn't believe them. I've actually sto stolen one of them and I'm going to take it to London to hang on my door. But I think they are rather brilliant. And, and I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to just plop it flowers down into the bath every week or so because then the hydrangeas just keep going longer. So I won't put it with the, the wreath base down, but I will do flowers face down in the bath. And I think that will just keep it going until Christmas. Yeah, because it would float, wouldn't it, I suppose? Yeah, I think it um, would. So you it's could like even a... use it in summer, maybe. I don't know, if you've got a swimming pool, you could cover it full of dahlias or something. Oh, yeah, floating. that would be amazing, floating, like sort of Marrakesh style. <laughs> we'll have style. to try that. <laughs> we'll have to try that. Yeah, I like that. And when we were doing the photo shoot for the Christmas catalogue, one of the things I'd chosen was this thing called a bamboo shell wreath. And I remember getting it out and you said, Oh, I don't like that. <laughs> I was just like, well, I do like it. No, I don't like that. And then you went off and you came back half an hour later and you transformed this thing by adding amazing uh, pussy willow. And then we together hung the little copper baubles off it. And it ended up being our favorite wreath from the whole shoot, didn't it? Yeah. Because it's yeah, so it wild and wacky. It looks like a sort of cornfield, but in a mm. Christmas sort of autumnal into Christmas sort of style. I absolutely loved it. Yeah. And again, I think that could be dressed up in the summer with straw flowers, maybe. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's quite versatile. And often often when these things come fresh from the manufacturer, they do look very factory. Yeah. But I think increasingly when you, you just take it away and you add the natural stuff, you actually yeah. are grateful for it as the as the base. And it is everlasting, so that's yeah, one that you yeah, can... Yes, Well, both, actually, the willow, you can stash yeah. in the attic, take the dried stuff off it, stash it in the attic, and then use it again next year. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Uh, what about candles? Are there any candles or sort of light, other sort of indoory lighty things that you're going for? Well, I do love a candle, but I'm quite guilty of letting them just become wild creatures and, you know, the wax going everywhere. So okay. I'm going to stay child-safe. And go for these things that remind me of sort of Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings. They're these lit globes with micro LEDs all within them, like cobwebs. Oh, and, um, yes, yes, I think yes. they look quite magical, actually. Either hanging like a witch's... Is it a witch's ball when you see those gold things hanging up? Yes. Is, yeah, I, I, I think they're quite magic and spooky. And uh, they're really... They're a fierce gold, actually, coming out of them, like a potion. Yeah. So I'm quite excited about them. So they can either be hanging or just on the middle of a table in a bowl or something. Yeah, and I, for the reason of the wax, I'm really rather obsessed by the oval magnetic candle holder tray, which is sort of copper. And it looks nothing. When you see it, it looks nothing. But it's brilliant because it has these five little candle holders, which are magnetic, as the title says, but you can move them around on the copper base so I had mine left over from the shoot. And honestly, I've used that almost more than anything on the table here. And in the summer, I just had floating dahlias between them. And I picked up the colors of the dahlias with the candles that I put there. And then now I'm going to do it with chrysanthemums, which of course are just coming into flower. Well, they're flowering well now. And I've got uh, that beautiful Avignon pink one flowering. And so I'm going to float that in the saucer. And then I've got just very pale colored candles to go with it. And then at Christmas, I'm going to fill it full of the hellebore, maestro and Merlin, and maybe some baubles too, um, some waterproof baubles. 
and um, and then again pick up on the color. But I just I love the fact that you can move the candle holders wherever you want to, and the saucer holds a little bit of water, so that I can use it for flowers as well or Christmas decorations, as I say. So I think that's really underestimated. I think it's I, I love things that are really versatile that I can use all year that are fabulous yeah. for Christmas, but that don't have to go up in the attic. You can carry on using them even out of the Christmas season. What next? Decorations, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I I do spend a lot of money on my decorations. I know you do. I'm completely addicted. I can't resist glitter and, and feathers in a in a crystallized glass form. And I'm I'm getting quite proud of our little decorative range because increasingly it's taking wild things and turning them into these most wonderful Christmas glitter bombs. So I love our glitter bugs, our glitter bug beetles that look like there's something out of a David Attenborough Christmas special where insects from Madagascar and the Amazon are profiled and, you know, they're so colourful in the rainforest and all that undergrowth. Yeah. So these two come as a pair or on their own. Yeah. And they're golden green or blue and red and they've got little horns and these beautiful little little legs. They're chunky little things. I don't know if there are um, someone's woken up and had a dream about woodlice and decided to cross a woodlouse <laughs> with a, a butterfly or something. <laughs> But I'm I'm hopeful that in years to come there'll be more of these beetles because um, I just like the fact that insects are given a chance to shine. Yeah, yeah. And they remind me of my childhood Christmas when my grandma Sheila used to have these plastic. They sound awful the way I'm going to describe them. They are plastic silver butterflies with glitter wings, mm. and they were just wired onto like the the Christmas garland above the mantelpiece. Right. <laughs> so I love nice. I love I love our beetles, but more I love our songbirds. Set of six yeah. and. They really do resemble the favourite garden birds. Um, you get two blue tits and two robins, which of course wouldn't happen in the garden because robins are territorial. So you get a Mr and Mrs Robin and then you get two goldfinches. And I I've, I save up a bit of money each year and buy more and more every year. Mm. And they just look so beautiful, just hung off silver birch with your favourite lights, the copper wire lights festooning them. But we've gone exotic with birds again, haven't we? I think it's because you've spent more time in London and you've been looking at ringneck parakeets. We've got oh, yeah. glass parrots. There are lots of those <laughs> in my street. And they're hated. So Everybody hates them. They don't make the them. hideous noise um, <laughs> and they won't eat all your fruit in your garden, but they'll just, they'll dangle very prettily and give some India, uh, give your Christmas Indian summer vibe. Yeah. They did look lovely, didn't they? With the, they did. We did them in a alley, with alliums, alliums and lit up and yeah. with straw yeah, they flowers, did. they looked gorgeous. Yeah, they did. I mean, I just think the whole glitter thing is very controversial at the moment. And I know Shane Connolly again is rightly anxious about there being glitter going into our whole um, water system. Well, I'm not going to wash them. No, I know. <laughs> but I just think, it, it, anyway, I love, for that reason, I love uh, the snowdrop glass bauble. Oh, and yeah. it's rather, uh, you, you, you've gone for razzmatazz. I'm going for class, Arthur. And <laughs> mm. again, on a silver birch branch, I think that looks really, really subtle and lovely. And um, that's something that I'm going to do with, I'm going to harvest some pussy willow and we've got some in the attic because it dries from one year to the next and i'm going to hang a mix of silver birch and pussy willow with just those snowdrop baubles um which are clear glass and i think that would be rather classy with my wire lights on them can i just talk about the pigs and the llama oh no <laughs> go on then <laughs> i didn't know you kept llamas sarah but we have got a llama <laughs> with a woolly hat and a bauble necklace 
So if you like llamas, we're, we're um, accommodating that market. But I really honestly love two things out of this page. Very quickly, there's the most wonderful, very fat-looking fox, and he's very, yes. very handsome. And also, if like me and you love pigs, we do four pigs, two tamariffs, and two, um, they look like lost old spots. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to get them for my mum, actually. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. I do. I do like the farmyard coming in for Christmas. Yeah, I know you do. You, you want <laughs> um, you want plenty of farmyard. Okay, well I'll let you have those. So I know uh, I wanted to just say I absolutely love every year our calendar and diary, but I do think particularly this year I don't know because of course this was shot in the the amazing year of weather that we had in lockdown. A lot of it. I'm in the early part of the year uh, because we work two years ahead, of course. And um, I must say, I do think the photographs in the calendar and the diary this year are just absolutely drop down dead gorgeous. And I feel very, very proud of that. So I'm excited to hang that on my wall on the 1st of January and to have the diary on my desk from the 1st yeah, of January. I love the calendar. So useful. Um, yeah. Just to map out the year. I'm always, I don't have it hanging up. It's all, often on the bookcase. I could just scan for it and see all all the dates on right. on one. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned lockdown because um, it gave jigsaws a real revival. And um, <laughs> my mum has become a complete jigsaw addict. And um, we did one jigsaw. I think we started doing them about two years ago, didn't we? A British a British company make them, and they're really fun. They're like um, they're not traditional jigsaws where all the pieces are just the square and the little bits. There's shapes within them, and so they're. They're really nicely big, bulky wooden pieces. But then they, you can either get a photograph of the Oast House, which is 300 pieces. Or if you really want to challenge yourself, you can do the Venetian Tulip Collection, which is a 1,000 pieces. Mm. I haven't no, got okay, patience for jigsaws, but my family do like them. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it'll be a jigsaw Christmas, I think. And I'm going to finish with a plug for Arthur's book, The Flower Yard, which came out in the spring I'm going to give that to various friends and family for Christmas this year. It's really inspiring to be able to create an abundant, colourful jungle in a very, very small space, all or 80-90% grown only in containers and pots. And actually, you've managed to keep it going, even though you're not there quite so much. And it's a lovely story and it's a lovely book, all the photographs as well as the writing done by Arthur. And um, I think that's a a good point to finish with. Um, well, I'm going to finish with your book then because you've done <laughs> your book. And and if you want basically to properly read about everything we talk about, Sarah's book contains it all. And like my book, Sarah, with this garden book, it's not just about gardening. It's about her life at Perch Hill, how the garden works and all the beautiful varieties. It's it's an encyclopedia. I think the first podcast we did actually was about our books. But um, yeah, they're both beautiful books and yours in particular will be the most helpful book you could buy if you love flowers in the garden. Very good. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Next week, we're talking about salvias. So we'll chat about all things salvia. See you then. You can find more information, photos and advice sheets on all the plants and recipes that we talk about in this podcast by heading to the links in the show notes or on our website at sarahaven.com.